Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast. I am Mark Bennett. For those of you who don't know me, I am a stand-up comic. Should introduce myself at the beginning of all the podcasts. You don't know when people are tuning in, you know? Like Beyonce is like, oh, but let's see what's happening on this podcast. Who's this guy? Beyonce, I am a stand-up comic. I uh, travel somewhat of Canada doing comedy. Sometimes I go to the States, you know, but you need a working visa for that. Uh, that's a whole rigmarole. Right now I live in Toronto, and uh, I'm, the, like, I'm the comedian that when you go to the show, you're like, oh, that guy was pretty good. I like that guy. Just, and then you immediately forget about me, and you just, I'll never hear from him again. It's just that's... People go to shows all the time. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do a show, and then an audience member will come up afterwards. And they'll be like, oh, my God, this is my second time at comedy. This was really great. And uh, I saw a show, like, a few months ago, and that guy was great, too. And you're like, oh, who'd you see? And they're like, oh, he had, like, a, like a face, and he, he told some laugh em ups He's really good, that guy. Was he black? Was he white? Oh, he was maybe both, you know? People never remember a fucking thing about you as a comedian. Like, I'm from uh, Newfoundland, which is, uh, if you don't know, because why the hell would you if you're not in Canada? But it's a very Irish part of Canada, so we have a distinct accent. That's why I sound like a fucking idiot. And um, that sort of gets me remembered in some areas of Canada. Like, oh, like, there's that Newfie guy. I remember he was here a couple years ago with his stupid voice. That sounds like he's some kind of nasal leprechaun. But uh, other than that, there's no real way uh, to get remembered. Oh, you got to do the social media, do MySpace. You know, like Dane Cook. Dane Cook got famous on MySpace. You guys, and then everybody runs to MySpace, and they do a big fucking, hey, I'm come out to see the shows. And then MySpace dies and it was like, oh, you heard about this Facebook? Oh, man, you can start like a fan page. You get all these fans. And then people go, oh, well, you got to do the Twitter. You got to do the Twitter. You know, you get, and then all the Snapchat. You guys aren't on the Snapchat? Or just that, you know, uh, bless up or whoever the fuck that rapper producer is. You know, the guy, the overweight guy with the beard. And uh, he just bless up. I got a soft cloth alert or some fucking shit, whatever his name is. He's the guy who wrote the song or produced the song that all I do is ween, 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 no matter what. You know, the one everybody's using on the fucking commercials. So I'm sure he's good at his job, but he's always Snapchatting. And apparently that's a thing to do now. You're supposed to Snapchat. And I tell you, I mean, I'm here. I'm getting into the podcasts like what? What, 20 years too late? It's already... People, I'm I'm doing the MySpace thing right now. I'm joining the podcast. I'm like, oh hey, yeah, I hear that podcasting thing is working out for the kids. I think I'll, uh, think I'll get into that shit. So here I am, getting into that shit. I'll tell you what though. I mean, I think most of the reason I'm actually doing the podcast is not to garner fans or to get people that keep listening to my shit. I just love gear. I love buying gear like the audio equipment and stuff jesus christ so i look for excuses to buy gear and i'm like oh this, i'm telling my wife this will uh, this will help my comedy career you know i gotta you gotta do it you gotta do the podcast now you gotta it's 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 the myspace of uh things to do it's passe but i i just i i bought a nice microphone but okay for you gearheads out there i mean there's people there's people who are going to want to know 
when they hear me say that. There's other people who are getting like little gear boners going, oh, what do you got? Because I want to do podcasts. I want to buy shit. And um, so I got I got a Zoom H6. A lot of people get the Zoom H4n Pro or whatever. And you, sh- that you should. If you're just recording yourself, you know, they, they have XLR inputs. And uh, so that... XLR input is like the mic cord, right? So so you got a mic, and you want a dynamic mic. If you don't know what that is, a dynamic mic is just a, is what stand-up comics use on stage because it only captures the thing right in front of it. It's very directional, so you don't get the ambiance. You don't get the sounds. You don't get—like, I'm recording this in my car right now because the other comics are in the condo. I'll get into that in a second. But right now I'm out recording in my car and I don't want it that you know the street noise to be going on so I have a dynamic mic. I bought a Shure SM58. It's about 130 bucks Canadian and uh it's about 100 bucks American. And it's it's what everybody uses for stage for comedians. So I'm figuring I'll just buy that fucking thing for my uh podcast. And then I run that into uh an H6, a Zoom H6, which is really good. Uh, you can also run it into a Zoom H4n. Just you just need a cord that goes from your mic to a little portable recorder. And mics use XLR cables for the most part, so you you want to get like a Zoom or you know uh, a Tascam or something like that. And then you you run the uh, XLR straight to the mic, and apparently it sounds very good. I don't know how it sounds to you people out there. You're probably like, this is making my ears bleed. I hate this guy's stupid nasal voice. But uh, I should stop doing that, you know? Why do, why do I do that? I just, I'm constantly cutting myself down. I'm giving you reasons to turn off my voice. Oh, my voice sounds terrible. You guys probably hate it. So, you know. And then what's more is maybe you weren't even thinking that guy has an annoying voice. And now you are, you know? My mother used to say that to me all the time. She used to say, you know, what... When you get off stage, because after shows, I'd always beat the shit out of myself. No matter how well the show went, I would just beat the living shit out of myself. Going, oh, well, you know, didn't get a standing ovation. I guess it means I should fucking kill myself. You know what I mean? So my mom would always say, don't do the thing that you always do. You, I, If you hate yourself, fine. Suck it up and be quiet about it. Don't. Say to the club managers, like, oh, I could have done better. Or to an audience members, oh, you guys, you don't realize them. other shows go way better than this. Don't say any of that stupid nonsense. Just smile and nod. And if somebody says, hey, good show, you go, hey, thanks very much. Even though inside you're like, oh, fuck you. You're being sarcastic. You're just condescending to me, you piece of shit. You hated that show, didn't you? No, those people... They're being nice. They're 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 trying to say you know good show, and instead I'm just like oh you you don't even fucking know that was a there was a B a B that was the show last night. Uh, I found it to be a B. You know I was telling Tom the guy one of the guys we're doing the show with Tom Callan. I said uh, you know that was a B, and he was like ah oh, don't don't beat yourself up or or whatever. And I'm like oh, no no like I mean a B is not bad in a pantheon of uh, stand up comedy ratings. It's just that. Wednesday night was an A, you know, and this Thursday night was a B. You know, the, the the crowd was pretty big and they responded pretty well, but it just didn't have that, you know, energy that the good shows have. Good shows have energy where one joke carries over into the next and the laughter just permeates through the room and and there's no real downtime. But Last night is these there are these quick audiences where like they'll laugh pretty big at a joke, ha ha 
and then quiet, just like dead silence. What's next, monkey boy? And those shows are work. Even when you're, it seems like you're doing pretty well, they're a lot of work because you know this will go off the rails super fast. Like if I'm not really on it, if I flub a word or a line or, or I, hit, I, I do a joke that kind of is a matzo ball that hangs out there and, and is not as good as another joke, you know you're going to lose them. And those shows, you're sweating a bit, you know, like you're, it's, uh, that one, those are grinds. Like last night I did like 30 minutes as a host and, um, like I, I probably did like 40 minutes of material in that 30 minute span because I'm running through it so fast because I don't want the people to, uh, to go away. I don't want to have too many of those pregnant pauses, you know? Anyway, I got off track as I often do. So I, I bought all this gear because I love gear, so now I'm recording podcasts because uh, I need a reason to use this gear, and then also when new gear comes out, uh, I'll need to buy that. So if I have a backlog of, look, I use my stuff that I buy, then I feel okay. I can justify it to myself and my lady and, um, you know. And I'd like to have the good gear. And I also, I bought the Zoom H6 because it has four XLR ports and it's expandable to six. And I can record CDs. You know, I can do my own comedy CDs that way. And uh, Evan, one of the guys that I'm working with this week, he's going to do his CD at the end of the month. And he asked me, you know, could I do it for a little bit of money? And I'm like, that's pretty good. You know, I'll offset some of the costs right there. You know, I'm going to undercut the market. You know, it's all these audio guys out there. They're like, oh, I was going to record Evan's CD. Too bad, you fucking lazy pieces of shit. I, I got in there. I got in there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge him, like, less than half of that. And then all the other comics are going to come to me, and they're going to be like, oh, you're, you're not charging very much at all. I, can I go with you? And then these sound guys in their fucking corporate headquarters up there in their ivory towers are going to be like, who's undercutting the market? Ah, uh, you goddamn... You know, up there running your Googles and your Apples, right? Because <laughs> sound guys are rich. Uh, now now I feel bad. After that rant, I feel bad for the sound guys because I know they're like comics. They're poor as dirt. And, uh, and now I'm just taking that from I'm not taking it from them, you know? There's people literally, because I got a microphone here. I'm in a car ranting and raving. And there are people out walking their dogs. And they're like, what the fuck is going on in there? What is he doing? I'm hosting a radio show, guys. Oh, look at this. And here comes a pretty lady. She is staring at me. Oh, oh. And so is her uh, boyfriend who's driving the truck. Yeah, he's got a flannel shirt on. You know, that's trouble. I'm in Kingston, Kingston, Ontario. And uh, when you're in Kingston, Ontario, and a guy driving a truck with a flannel shirt is looking at you because you smiled at his girlfriend, that's trouble. That is trouble right now. Okay, it looks like in his F one fifty, he's he's leaving here. They're both staring into the car. This is super awkward right now. They're like, "What is this? What's this piece of shit doing?" I don't know. Oh, well, why am I thinking that? Maybe maybe they were at the show last night, and they were like, "Hey, there's that guy. He was a guy who was, who who did a B show last night. It was he's working hard." Ah, oh, see that, mom? Look at that. Oh, my mother'd be so upset if she heard that because I said. A B show. I've already, I've already done the things you told me not to do. I shouldn't. Why did I even bring it up that I felt last night's show wasn't knocked out of the park? You know, I should have been like, no, every show I do is great. Now, see, that's taking it too far. You can't be every show I do is great because then you're a fucking idiot. Nobody, no one believes that. It never happens. You gotta, 
you got to humanize yourself a little. Don't beat yourself up too much, you know. Don't create a low self-esteem thing and make everybody... Because people will believe you. If you continually say that you're shit and whether or not you are, people will actually, they'll start to come around to, I I remember because my mom was right about it, early on when I was doing that and I was just beating myself up after a show that even went okay or or went well and just because I wasn't, didn't think it was perfect, then uh, I'd be like, oh, and I'd rant and rave to an audience member or a comedian or whoever, you know, was dumb enough to listen to me and eventually you could see their face start to change going, well, yeah, I guess it was pretty shitty. Yeah, well, I guess you suck. Way to go. Like, what are you doing that for? You know, it's a terrible way to do life. Anywho, so I'm 38 years old, for those of you who don't know, because I know, I know lots of you are following me day and night, you know. You're on the Twitters and stuff, and you're like, I know Marcus 38. I know he's in Kingston right now. I'm, I'm, I'm following his schedule on the website. I know what he's doing. But I'm 38 years old, and I just had my first kid and uh, we got little baby Sam. Sam is now five months old, and I miss him. I know. Like, uh, I, I, I know that sounds like something you're supposed to do. You're supposed to miss your, your baby when you leave. But, like, I'm a dude, and I'm a comic, and I'm on the road, and, and the baby's a lot of work. So I actually thought when I left, I was going to go, ah, I'm going to go play video games. I'm going to look at some, uh, some adult material uh, on the computer there, the internet has a lot of adult material, and I can see some of that because I'll have a week off from all of the work that it is a baby. So, but the, a funny thing happened. I, I I feel bad not only for my wife who has to do all the work right now, but I also I kind of I I want to go back and read him books and look at his stupid baby face, you know. And uh, they we're doing the FaceTime. Uh, so I can see him, but he stares into the phone. There's no recognition, you know. He doesn't really. He doesn't know how FaceTime works. I'm pretty sure. And he's a bit of a blob who doesn't. He doesn't know English. He doesn't know. He doesn't really know what's going on. So I don't think he cares very much when he sees my face on the FaceTime. But in real life, when I walk into a room, he smiles and he like he does a little dance, and it makes you feel good, you know. Uh, and I miss my cat. Oh, Jesus, I sound like a giant pussy. All right, everybody. Let's, uh, let's change topics here. So I'm in uh, Kingston, as I say. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. Uh, am I going to edit that? No, I'm not going to edit these podcasts. I probably will if something ever goes wrong, but I'm not going to edit a podcast because I had to clear my throat. Come on, guys. Jesus Christ, you're getting this for free. You know? What do you want? You want me to sit down in the editing room for like... You know, more than five minutes? No, I'm not doing that shit. I don't, uh, I don't think I'm going to put any music ever on the podcast, you know, or anything like that. It's just uh, royalties and the the iTunes is not going to let you go up. And, you know, some people just put up music anyway because it doesn't matter to play a Rolling Stones song. And nobody gives a shit because it's a free podcast and who cares. But I just don't want anything interfering with this thing. Here's the reason I'm doing this podcast. Is that I was doing, I did two other podcasts uh, with other comedians, and uh, one of them, which is me and the other comedian, and we'd talk, and then another one was me and the other comedian, and then we'd have guests. And they both, of course, went away. Because it's really difficult to keep up the schedule. You're on the road, you're traveling, the other comedian's doing the same thing. 
eventually one of you misses a session. You know, you got to try to book guests on the other. That's just something else. And I just so I wanted to do something where only I am responsible. There's there's no excuse not to do a podcast when you can sit down and rant for a couple of minutes into a microphone in your fucking car outside of a gig. You know, why not? It's uh, this way I can just keep it going. So, you know, two years from now, when everyone stops listening to podcasts, then I'll stop doing it. But until then, until people stop listening to podcasts, I can do one of these things all goddamn time. I was thinking, I get so overzealous with everything. When, when I first thought of the idea, I was like, I'm putting out a podcast every fucking day. Every goddamn day I'm putting out a podcast. People can listen to me 24-7. But, you know, come on now. I think once a week is pretty good. Maybe twice a week. But you got to do it at least once a week, ladies and gentlemen. If you're into doing the podcast and you buy your mic and your XLR cord and your your Zoom device, you, know, you can go into a mixer and stuff like that, too. I mean, we you, you guys know how to do podcasts, right? Probably. But the the Zoom stuff is really good because it's portable. You know, like I'm in a car right now getting stared at by weirdos who are walking their dogs. Well, I guess I'm the weirdo. They're walking their dogs. They're normal people living their lives in Kingston. And, uh... I'm looking like a fucking crazy man, ranting and raving into a thing in my car. But anyway, the shows here, first one on Wednesday was, you know, spectacular. Crowd was great. It was amateur night. Now, normally I hate amateur night because you got a lot of amateurs and the green room is all filled up and they're all, they all smell like chili like, I don't know why, but you put a bunch of dudes in a room. Sometimes there's a girl. Not usually, I got to say. Not usually at the amateur nights do you see many girls. Um, there's still a lot of dudes in comedy. And they're gross, smelly dudes. You know, they're weirdos who get into comedy. So they're all, they're farting and they're burping. And the room, the, the green rooms are like uh, 10 square feet. And you're all packed in there with these chili farts, you know. Because they're comedians. They don't know how to make any food. So they they, they eat cereal and, and, they, and then they make a, a bean chili dip or some shit. And then they fart. And then I got to smell it. And then I got to go up and host. And hosting uh, sucks on the amateur night. Like I, I like headlining. I like uh, doing the last spot, doing the old 45 minutes. Because then I can just do my material. I can go up at the end of the show. And it's better when you're the headliner because there's some the audience gives you some credit you know like you're the whole show has happened already you're the guy your name is on the marquee and then uh the host he's introducing he's like oh this guy you've seen him on tv he's oh my god you should see the size of this guy's dick you know some you know compliments and um it kind of pumps up the audience and they're like oh this guy here's the show here comes the show right here so you get some leeway right off the bat they trust you you know for for a few seconds if you start to not be funny pretty fast and they just lose uh, i think it was colin quinn said that about like comedy even if you're famous you get five minutes of grace and then he said it could be the most beloved guy that's my colin quinn right there it could be the most beloved guy in the world he'd be like jack nicholson he's up there and then after like five minutes they're like okay jack you're not being funny get going and i i agree with that bad impression of Colin Quinn, that uh, you just get a few minutes of grace even when you're famous, but you get less less grace when you're not famous. But as a headliner, they give you a minute or two, you know, for you to get your first joke in. 
when you're hosting, you're going up cold. Like, that audience is just, okay, what's happening? What do we do? Do we stare at the wall? Do, are they going to play clips? Is the t- What's happening? Is it improv? And uh, you'd be surprised at how poor an audience is at starting a comedy show, for the most part. But, uh, and I should explain that that's a host in Canada. A host in Canada is often one of the stronger comics on the show. There, it's 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 oftentimes a headliner who uh, as is staying a second week, and he'll host because that's what they do at some comedy clubs. They'll you'll host one week, you'll headline the next week, um, and and so the host is always is a crucial part of the show, and it's usually a veteran comedian. In Canada, they lo- they want the show to run very smoothly, and then the newest guy is usually the one in the middle. In the states, in the United States, they do it differently. They throw up usually the most um, inexperienced comedian as the host because they it's like they don't give a shit. They're like, ah, we'll just let some new guy host it. Who cares? Who cares if he sucks? Uh, will the the better comedians are coming up later? So, which is kind of weird. Um, I prefer the way they do that in Canada, but you, I mean, the states, you. What are you going to do? They're the ones with the star, star system, so maybe they've got it right. I, I don't know. But I think personally the star system, it's because of TVs and movies and stuff like that. Like We all move down there. I, I'm one of uh, – I'm probably the only comedian left in Canada. That's how it feels right now. Everybody just mass exodus to uh, the United States, uh, to, to uh, New York uh, or L.A., mostly L.A. Most people are going through L.A., they try to get on TV. They try to get a couple of sets on Jimmy Kimmel, some shit like that. And um, then they, they, they go from there. We used to, the Canadians used to go to uh, England. England was a hotbed of comedy a few years ago. So you'd go there and you'd make, you could make a lot of money. You could uh, make, you know, 500 pounds for a 20-minute set. And you could do three of those sets in a night. And 1,500 pounds for, like, that's a shit ton of money. You know, like, I don't know what the exchange rate is, yeah? But it's something like, uh, that, 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 that's like 2500 bucks Canadian for, uh, for an evening. You know, that's, that's, that's my salary for a year, you know? Uh, I'm not that bad, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, but now that's all dried up. Uh, that everybody went to England. Uh, the comedy club scene got saturated. The, the product went down because every Tom, Dick, and Harry is doing fucking comedy, and everyone's like, "This is kind of shitty," and people stop going. That's how that's how it works. That was there was a boom of comedy in the um, in the early nineties, and uh, you know, with the Andrew Dice Clay, uh, hey, that's unfucking believable. That kind of sounds like my Colin Quinn, but you know, like uh, Hickory Dickory Duck, that fucking guy. You remember Andrew Dice Clay? Of course you do. Uh, it, that heyday. So the comedy clubs are fucking packed and everybody was making a fortune relative to uh, comedians and people were doing lots of blow, lots of coke and uh, then it all just stopped and no one went to comedy clubs anymore because it people got sick of it and it was a really shitty product and, and uh, everybody was getting into comedy for the wrong reasons. So, And then I got into comedy Shortly thereafter, I got I got into comedy about uh, 2000, 2002, something like that. And it it was dead. I'm doing shows at good comedy clubs like there's only two left in the whole fucking city. And uh, there's 20 people there. And, uh, you know, I, the, to me, it feels like I got into comedy for the right reasons, you know, because I uh, I got into it at a really shitty time and I stayed with it. Of course, you still want to be. Still want to be rich, you know? Who, uh, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to be rich? I don't want. Uh, I don't need money and comfort and food and love, which is what money gives you. 
gives you food and love. But, um, and I'd like to be famous. Tom posted a question to me, the other comic. He was like, would you rather be rich and famous or uh, respected, you know? And I said, well, that's a pretty easy one. If you're, because he was saying like respected, but not rich and famous, but you know, doing pretty well, like respected in general. Because so, if you're respected in general by the comedy community and uh, the profession, then you're still pretty well known. So I'm like, that's a no brainer. Like, you know, uh, to be a, a Stephen Wright who doesn't make a tenth of the money of Larry the Cable Guy, let's say, you'd much rather be a Stephen Wright. Well, I would much rather be a Stephen Wright. I don't. Stephen Wright's, I'm sure he's very comfortable. I'm sure he has plenty of money. Um, and he ha- he does what he wants, and he and he uh, has a great deal of respect, and he's got hardcore fans, and that's great. And he's consi- he won an Oscar, for Christ's sake, for a short film. But he, uh, in terms of his stand-up comedy, he's extremely well-regarded in the comedy circles. You know, like, uh, so, whereas Larry the Cable Guy, not so much. However, he is a very, very rich man. So that, to me, is easy. But what I said to Tom in rebuttal, I said, uh, well, the question I think is more, would you rather be rich and famous, not that well-respected, or would you be kind of like we are now, except, you know, satisfied with your comedy? The, The you feel what you're putting out is worth putting out. People who hear it go, wow, you're, yeah, you're really doing something kind of unique, original, uh, a lot of respect for you, you know, in the underground scene, but you're poor as dirt. And I got to say, that's a much trickier question. Because I am currently that, except I I have no idea if I'm respected. I don't know if the other comics like me. I don't know if there's some kind of underbelly of people going, you know, what he's doing is pretty good. I don't know. I would like to think so, but I don't know. And um, But I do know that I don't make anywhere near enough money to uh, sustain myself, you know, or my family. And um, like I'm not, yeah, like, like let's, let's face it, I, I'm not in Syria, you know what I mean? Let's not go too crazy. I live in Canada, you know, I make a salary, you know, I'm... I'm going to get by. I don't, I'm not on welfare. You know, I'm not at the Goodwill all the time going, give me some shirts. You know, I, it, let's not take it too far. But what I'm saying is that it, relative to my station in life, you know, I was, uh, I was born middle class. I was born into a nice family in, in Canada. And uh, my brother and uh, became a chartered accountant. My sister became a chartered accountant. You know, my brother's got a nice swimming pool. And uh, his kids get the best hockey gear, you know. And like, like they, they, they have a nice life. And uh, I used to think, oh, that's shit. Never want to do that. I'm an artist. Going to go out. An artiste. Going to go out and ply my craft. I don't care if I struggle. And that's true to an extent, uh, and it for a lot of years. But I'm I'm 38 now, and I see his life, and he, his kids are nice, and his life is nice. And uh, to say that that's a shitty life is incorrect. It's a very good life. And what I do is teetering on shitty. Like if I was alone, like I my wife, uh, uh, she's a lawyer, so she does well, and so we have a nice life too. But it's because of her. If we, if both of us and our child were relying on me and me alone, we would not have a nice life. We would be struggling. And uh, 
relative, of course, to Canada and the middle-class sect. I'm not, uh, again, not in Syria, you know? I'm, um, I'm in the lap of luxury. I know that. But what I'm saying is, relative to my situation, my education level, my family, um, you know, I'd probably be looking for some help here and there, you know? Uh, month to month, maybe I wouldn't be making rent so much until uh, maybe I'd have to get a part-time job. Maybe I'd have to go to Starbucks and barista the shit out of some fucking mochaccino lattes, you know? But uh, as it stands, right now, uh, the things are, are, are pretty good. And... uh but I, I want to do better. So the question is, do you still want to be schlepping around to gigs in buttfuck Manitoba? You know, where they go off the rails because it's Friday late show and drunks are, you know, falling off the table. They shouldn't be on the table, but they got there because they were drunk and they fell off it. And uh, Or would you rather be flying around first class? And like Larry the Cable Guy, who's to say? There is judgment involved in art, of course. And the general consensus among, you know, people is that he's not doing something that people, the, the, the comedy community or, or uh, you know, critics would say is great. But he's making a lot of people happy. And there's a lot of people who go out to that blue-collar comedy who want to hear that, and they don't want to hear what, you know, um, Mitch Hedberg was doing. You know, they don't want to hear that uh, fancy stuff. They want to hear jokes that they relate to. And he's got a massive audience. And uh, is he wrong to do that? Does it make him lesser? Does it make him not good? It's it's hard to say. But, you know, but I will say, though, there there needs to be some judgment in art, you know, my, my friend Steve is a philosophy professor, and one day we were talking about this stuff, and, and I was saying, isn't there some kind of objective measure? And he said, well, sort of, yeah. It, you, you have to be able to judge things. I mean, what, why would you know a Monet painting is good? I don't know. I guess there's an argument to say, well, who is to know it's good just because a bunch of critics got together and decided amongst themselves this is why this is good? But I don't think so. I think that that uh, there is some—sometimes there's value in judgment. You know, like a Mozart symphony is probably better objectively than a Britney Spears song. You know, and some people are like, in your fucking opinion— but not really. Like, one is much more complicated, much more satisfying uh, in terms of musicality. It's, it's more unique. It's more difficult. Um, uh, you know, scholars of music will say it's much more pleasing, you know? And Britney Spears is, yeah, she's, it's catchy, you know? And you get, a, you get a boner when you think about her. So that's good. But can you say, oh, Britney Spears is a better artist than Mozart? I think most people will be like, probably not. I'm going to say probably not on that one. So I think there's some judgment. You know, so Larry the Cable Guy, uh, if you're listening, and I know you are, you know I'm not hating on you. You're, you do your thing, buddy. What I'm saying to you is I think I'd rather be you than me, right? It's, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, no, it's cool. I'll be like Louis C.K. Um, 
I'll I'll do what I think is artistically fulfilling, and then yet I will also be super popular. And so this is not really a question, but it is a question. I'm almost forty, you know. Um, oh, what am I fucking talking about? Right? Like, like I can somehow choose. Yeah, I'll take the 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 planes. Thanks for the private jet. I, I just people talk about selling out. Like you can choose it. Do you know how difficult it is to sell out? I probably would have done it. You know. 12 years ago. You can't just sell out. You can only sell out if you've already garnered a pile of fame and then you just start going, ah, fuck it. Let's phone it in. You know, like if a band is getting respected and then they're like, ah, screw it. Let's write those love ballads that everybody's writing these days. Like Aerosmith. Uh, I th- I think anyway I don't know I don't know shit about music but it seems to me that Aerosmith started pretty good with the dream I own you know that shit and then they kind and then they were doing like loving an elevator you know and uh, you know that shit and they were doing the ballads when the ballads were popular and then they started making a goddamn fortune and you're like yeah I guess you know or like if Bruce Springsteen were to just start writing. Whatever the fuck Justin Bieber's writing, that that's selling out. Like he's already, you know, doing great, and then he's like, "Oh, hey, I hear that Drake's doing pretty well. It's time for me to do some auto tune, fucking uh, some some auto tune rapper beats. Let's let's uh, do some of that hip hop. You know, I'll do some of that shit. You know, the like that. That's the the most popular people in the world right now in music are Canadian. It's very strange. Bieber and Drake." And and both of them are, you know, I don't know. Uh, let's let's move on, right? I think I've criticized enough people at this particular juncture. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta piss like a racehorse here. I'm out in the car. I guess it's one of the problems of doing a podcast out in the car is that uh, there's nowhere to go to the bathroom, you know. So I'm gonna have to end this podcast. Nah, it's a terrible way to end the podcast. All right, bye. All right, bye now. Gotta, gotta go take a pee. But look, that's the way it is. This is reality. All right, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This is uh, you're 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 tuning in for slice slice of life. That's what I call my comedy, by the way. When I get interviewed and stuff, people are like, so what do you do? So how do you how do you get your sketches? How do you get your little make 'em ups? And I say, it's a slice of life, you know, and I try to explain like a, like a Ray Romano. He talks about his family, you know, and the stuff going on, his kids, it's slice of life comedy. That, that, that's what I do. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm Ray Romano, you know, I don't get up there going, hey, everybody, uh, Ray Romano. <laughs> this is what the podcast is going to deteriorate into terrible impressions for the, that's it. My next podcast, all bad impressions. It's going to be great. Please tune in. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll update you. I'll try to I'll maybe do another couple of podcasts when I'm here in Kingston just to see how it goes, tell you how the shows are going if you're interested in that shit. And um, all right, I better go in, FaceTime with the goddamn baby, but, you know, not before I take a piss, right? Let's not forget about that, everybody. Okay, see you again later on.